Welcome to Notes from Above, the program that explores the intersection of music and faith. And I am your co-host, Deacon Tom Lowy. And I'm Sister Sarah Burdick. And that is beautiful. That is beautiful music. We have played that before, I think. Uh, well, I hope so. Oh, surely. In, in, the, in the course of the 23 years we've been on the air, mm-hmm. I think that we might have played that once or twice. But it is a classic and a beautiful thing. And I, um, we just heard the, the Ubi Caritas, Et Amore. Uh, it's uh, by Maurice Duraflay. And uh, the music of Maurice Duraflay will be our, um, our focus today, in particular his Requiem. Uh, this is the only, the only piece that we're going to play that is not part of that Requiem. We won't be able to uh, play the, the Requiem in its entirety, but I do want people to give this thing a listen. It is so beautiful. I, it truly is. Um, the, uh, the Ubi Caritas... Um, let, me, let me read the lyrics. I think it's, it's well worth hearing. Where charity and love are, there is God. The love of Christ has brought us together into one flock. Let us rejoice and be glad in that love itself. Let us fear and love the living God, and let us love from a pure heart. Amen. What a great prayer. I know, I love it. And the music is beautiful. You just can enter right into that yes right and one of the reasons why uh, i've decided that we that we would play the Duraflay uh, requiem in in parts today uh, is because it's actually going to be performed for those of you who are listening and living in the uh, detroit metropolitan area 
um, you can actually go and listen to it and also attend uh, a, a traditional extraordinary form of the Requiem Mass, okay, with the Duraflay Requiem at St. Thomas the Apostle Church in Ann Arbor, Michigan on November the 2nd. That's All Souls Day. That's right. Exactly right. And that's exactly what the, the purpose of this, of this Requiem is because it is All Souls Day. The, um, I know that, uh, uh, I've been t- uh, talking to, um, uh, Jean Marie Garrick, who is the uh, director of the, uh, the choir at, at uh, St. Thomas. And, uh, they are going to be performing this, but it's going to be pre- performed in the setting of the Mass itself. Ooh. Yes. And, uh, it will feature, uh, 16 singers plus soloists. Uh, they'll have the organ. She, uh, uh, Jean Marie will be at the organ. The string quartet. Uh, they will have a trumpet. Uh, and uh, and it's just going to be beautiful. And and I, I can't begin to tell you how how lovely it is to have a mass at St. Thomas. Uh, and this is going to be at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. November the second. Uh, and that's coming up real quick. I mean, yeah, those of you who are listening uh, on the uh, on the Sunday uh, where this actually you know debuts, um, will be able to have enough time to go and, and uh, see that uh, that mass performed and pray and. Uh, uh, and attend the extraordinary form of the of the mass. So this is all um, all the musicians and choir members are parishioners at St. Thomas. That's correct. <clears throat> yeah, right. We cool. we at, at St. Thomas they have uh, recently uh, um, taken on the uh, make sure that we do um, the traditional form as well. So we do a Latin mass mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single Sunday. And for those of you who who like the Latin mass, it's at, at 11:30 in the morning every Sunday and they do a solemn mass. They do the high mass basically every Sunday mm-hmm. uh, uh, at 11:30 uh, at St. Thomas the <clears throat> Apostle. So again, it's an invitation to those of you who would like to uh, take part in uh, the um, extraordinary form of that mass. Can I ask a question? You can. Are the readings in English? The they will do the because the extraordinary form does not have the uh, Old Testament reading. They have the uh, the epistle and the gospel. Those readings are done in English from the ambo, and then there will be uh, a homily that will, that will okay. you know, go after it. But the, but the, the, re- the remainder of the Mass is entirely Latin. in Latin. Right. 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 So it's, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, as a deacon, uh, I've, you know, I've assisted at that. And uh, it's, it, there, is a, there is a very unique and beautiful um, experience that, that you go through when you, when you take part in that Mass. Um, you don't have to know your Latin so much as they do have, by the way. They I have, was going to say. They I have little they booklets have, that, that sure. you can follow it with. And, and I recommend the, if you, if you, for the first time, if you ever do it, uh, read the, the, what they call the rubrics, okay? In other words, what is the priest doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can see what he's doing, okay? And it's easier to follow than to try to, um, reinterpret the Latin as it's being read. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, but as you attend, um, the, you know, second, third, fourth time, as, as you, uh, continue to attend, it becomes much more uh, important. And all of a sudden you start realizing, oh, I know these prayers. These are mm-hmm. the same ones I do in the, in the mm-hmm. regular Mass that I normally attend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but there's, it's like, it's like uh, diving into the ocean. It's a very, very deep, wide, mm-hmm. and broad uh, experience. And uh, it is quite beautiful. And I highly recommend this to all of our listeners. You know, to, if you get the opportunity, take advantage of it. Well, um, today... Uh, we're going to be listening to the music of Maurice Duraflay. Uh, and he, he wrote this, uh, Requiem, 
1961, so this is a 20th century composition, and uh, he is a 20th century composer. He was um, born in 1902, and he died in 1986, and the uh, the rendition that we're going to be using of this Requiem was one that was actually uh, created uh, the year of his death. Okay, in 1986, oh. they actually performed this. Okay, so there's a there's a certain um, uh, there's an immediacy. I think okay, you can't hear it with your ears, but you can. But but there's a sense of this was this was an important work that needed to be um, uh, performed. Well, well, wait one second. Yes. Okay, so he composed this. Yes. It was performed, should I say? Yes. In 1986. Yes, by and, uh, this recording that we're going to hear. Okay. Okay. This and recording he was died done. in 1986. That's correct. So was this his own music at his funeral? No. It, well, Just check in. I no, mean, no, 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 no. I don't know that. That's a great uh, question. That's a terrific question, is it? sister. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I, I misspoke. He actually wrote this in 1961. Oh. Okay. So it had already been popularized. Okay. I got okay, you. And it had been on both the concert stage and it had also been used in masses, particularly oh. uh, the masses for the dead. Okay. That's, right. That was. Uh, it's a requiem mass. And uh, so uh, yes, the 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 answer is is. Did they did they use it in his own funeral? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. That would be cool. I would be surprised if they if they didn't use the entirety, they they would have used parts of it. I I kind of want to sing at my own funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be there. Bad? I want to be there when that happens. Yes. Okay. Like, well, why don't you do that? I'll tell you what. Why don't uh, Why don't we uh, this this uh, this performance? Uh, by the way, is the Chordon Singers and the English Chamber Orchestra under the direction of Matthew Best, and we're going to hear the opening um, uh, section of it. It's called the Intro. It and um, why don't we listen to it? And then on the other side, we'll have a conversation about uh, Maurice Duraflay, about his Requiem, and uh, and I just want you to sit back and enjoy this. So let's listen to the Intro. It from uh, the uh, uh, the Requiem Mass by Maurice Duraflay.
we go. That is the intruit uh, from the, uh, the uh, Requiem by Maurice Doriflay. Uh, beautiful work and a great uh, introduction. Perhaps we should go and talk about what um, is actually being said in Latin uh, as we listen to this. Um, it is the, the intuit uh, is is basically it's how we begin the mass. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and uh, so here's what is, is said in the requiem. Now it's not the same thing in in a, a regular mass, but in the requiem it says, uh, "Grant them eternal rest, Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them." A hymn becometh thee, O God, in Zion, and a vow shall be paid to thee in Jerusalem. Hear my prayer. To thee all flesh shall come. Boy, that's the truth, isn't it? Mm. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story. Do it. Okay. When I was a child, okay, I'm going to say eight, nine years old. No, I, was, I, think, it was, I think it was eight. Um, I was an altar server, and um, um, to show my age, uh, I was—I had learned how to do it in Latin. Ooh, how okay. old were you? I was eight. Oh. And so uh, I would hang out with all my buddies, and we would learn our, our parts. Okay, you know, we'd learn the Paternoster and the Credo and the uh, uh, the um, you know the Susipiat and Agnus Dei and and uh, all these things. And so we we would uh, we would grill each other over and over again. And I thought I had it down. So the very first day at Mass, okay, very Uh-oh. first, okay, I'm about ready to go out and light the candles, because I know I'm supposed to light the candles. And uh, the, the priest that was there stopped me. <gasps> Why? He wouldn't let me go out uh, into the sanctuary to go and light the candles. And, and uh, he says, have you said a prayer? Oh. And I said, um, no, Father, I have not. And I thought, I was thinking to myself, you know how little kids think that there must be a prayer for lighting candles, and I just don't know it. And so somehow or another, I've already failed on my very first day as, a, as an altar boy. And uh, he says, well, he says, first of all, he says, you cannot go out there on that altar, okay, without saying a prayer, because that the sanctuary is a place, a very special place. He says, God is there. God mm-hmm. is there mm-hmm. at the altar. You know, at, that's, that's what's going on. In that tabernacle, you know, mm-hmm. God is present. And uh, I said, well, Father, I, I don't know what prayer to say. He okay. says, well, what's the first prayer that we say together? And, you know, this was an ordinary Mass, okay? So we would do another another intro it, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would do intro ibo adotari day, okay? I will go to the altar of uh-huh. God. All right, and he explained it to That's me. That's a psalm, you know. Oh, yes, it is, right. And I, we, he explained it to me uh, in, in English, so I understood what it is. And so he said, so let's pray that together. So Aww. we prayed it together in, in the uh, sacristy, and then I went out and I lit the candles, and uh, so I had already said a prayer. But here's, here's where the kick of it, it, it comes from. When I got to be a man, yeah. I fell away from the church. Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah, it's true. No, I, okay, I, you know, I did. I had fallen a, a great way away from the church. But the truth of the matter is, is that every time I would go drive by or walk by a Catholic church, I could hear a voice in <gasps> my head saying, God is there. Ooh. That's a very special place. Ooh. There's no place like this. So it's, it's sacred beyond, beyond comprehension. Now, why was that important? That man had taught me something when I was a little boy. And it's stuck it's in stuck. your heart. Yes. See, now I'm curious. How'd you come back to the church? Oh, no, that's another, that's for another show. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. No, You're going to have to keep listening. It was, it was a long journey. It was a long journey. Above. No, it was a long journey, sister. Yeah, oh. But it was, it was quite, quite uh, important. And I wanted to tell you that because that's, yeah. a, it was the intro it. Okay. That's what, that's what we had to do. 
is, is to say intro evo ad altare day, and this one they're doing, you know, may, may perpetual light uh, shine upon them. Mm-hmm. So it's um, uh, it's it's an important part of our faith, and yeah. um, and this is how the mass traditionally would begin back in in the Latin days. You're sitting there pondering. Sister. I'm pondering. I just I think it's um, I'm kind of going back to when I was a little squirt, okay. and um, you know, <clears throat> Vatican II came in. Mm-hmm. Right, but at the same time, I mean, I, w- I went to a Catholic school up until sixth grade. Yes, you know, and my parents, you know, we went to a public school. Look how I turned out. Hey, Uh-oh. wow, look at that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but I do remember um, being at mass and um, just knowing that this is like this is sacred, even as a little squirt. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, it's kind of funny. I was convinced that. When you say Ave Maria, that you're, it's the V should be pronounced as a W. So I remember telling my friends, it's Awe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, not no, my way, it's, it's, it's Awe. Awe, Awe. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, listen, let's but, go on to our next selection here. Um, this uh, one? Yes, the, the, the Kyrie. Oh, we got a full four Kyrie. minutes here, buddy. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. Oh, we got good. four minutes. Oh, you're going to oh, just, oh, no, no, I am. You're right. You're right. No, no, you're Let's keep talking. Yeah, let's keep talking. Can keep talking. So, yes. Um, I, I, I miss. Uh, I wondered. I'm like, wait. I'm looking at this different. I, my my playlist is uh, is oh. through me for a second. Yeah, no, we have we have <laughs> a little bit of time to go and discuss this. Maybe we should go and and, and talk a little bit about Marie Sturafle. Yeah, go ahead. And how this thing came about. This is very interesting as well. Um, uh, this was the first uh, um, conceived. This, by the way, the edition that we're we're hearing today is actually his third edition because it was done the first time in 19. 19- with a full orchestra, timpani, everything, the whole Ooh, thing. Ooh, I love okay. tips. Uh, that was, uh, that was uh, done in uh, 1946. Now, oh. why is that important? Okay, it's important because the war in France is over. Oh, Now, right. think about this, okay? The war ended in 1945. In 1946, Maurice Durafle presents a requiem. Okay, so now we can think about this as you know, is this uh, is this uh, dedicated to the the men and women who gave their lives in World War II, and that may be one mm. way for us to understand what this what this work really is about. Yeah, uh, it, and that and it, it it was commissioned just before the war uh, began. Okay, uh, but he waited until the war was over before he finally uh, had it. Uh, you know, he finally committed to it. Durafle is an interesting man in that, uh, as a composer, he doesn't have a very large opus. In other words, he hasn't written a hmm. number of works mm-hmm. because he was a perfectionist. Oh, absolute, my goodness. He would go over and over oh, and over man. his works to make sure that they were just the way they were supposed to be. He was wow. uh, an organist of uh, a great organist. By the way, when we listen, we're going to hear great organ in, in this this uh, uh, performance that we're listening to today. Uh, he... Uh, he probably played Maurice Durafle in all of the great churches of Paris, all of them, without wow. a doubt. I mean, you know, Notre Dame, yeah, he was there. You know, Notre Dame, you know, Saint-Étienne, uh, you know, uh, the saint sulpice all the all the great churches of Paris. Okay, he actually uh, sat at the organ and played. Uh, he was at his one of his instructors. Um, I can't remember the gentleman's name. I think it was Viardon. 
who was a great organist in, in Paris and well known for that, actually died at the organ. <gasps> yeah, oh yes. Oh, no. You, you like these stories. Wait, yeah, he it sounds died. like murder in the cathedral. Yeah, well, uh, Maurice Doroflay was there when it happened. What happened? Like he just had a heart attack or something. Yeah, right, right. What a way over. to go. Right, and Maurice Doroflay, because he was a very spiritual man. Yeah. Okay. What did he do? Finished the mass at the organ. Okay. Oh. So you can't stop the mass, right? No. Yeah. So. Well, um, okay. You yeah. better keep talking because I... <laughs> well, it's a stunning story, you know. But no, he's, he's a, he was an absolutely, you know, uh, spectacular organist and, and uh, well known. And we hear uh, we hear that, that kind of work in the uh, uh, the uh, the organ in this particular requiem as well. Uh, requiem, by the way, is an incredibly old form of the mass. Uh, it's gone back, you know, probably to the five six hundred A.D. You know, uh, it was uh, uh, and all the all the different sections uh, are already in place by the time. Um, uh, Maurice Durfle, you know, uh, composed his work, but I mean, all the great composers have composed, not all of them, but you know, most, sure. most of the of the great composers, European composers, have have done requiems. That's very very common. You know, as a matter oh, of yeah. fact, we actually speaking of um, uh, requiems, uh, many years ago, I'm going to see if I can remind you of this. Uh, we had the jazz man uh, Dave Brubeck. We actually oh, right, inter- right. We interviewed him. Yes. And when he had released his requiem. Gosh. He did a jazz record. Maybe we should go and do that again. I know. I bet you Steve has it in his records. He might. And if even if he doesn't, I've got it on my in my my CD collection back at home. Oh. Yeah. But anyhow, he was a uh, you know a very fine man, and uh, he uh, he actually was involved in a, a, a bad car accident uh, uh, when he was an older man, 1975, and uh, he had to go and give up performing. Uh, and a large for a large part, he he. Uh, had to give up a lot of compositional work too. Okay, so this is, hmm. you know, uh, he couldn't compose as much as he he could uh, then. His wife was with him when it happened, by the way. Oh. So both of them were injured quite badly, and uh, so he uh, uh, he never did recover from that accident. Uh, so he he was uh, in the accident in 1975, and uh, he died in '86. He was 84 years old when he died. Whoa. So for a decade, you know, he was basically you know an invalid. Uh. Yeah. Well. So. Hey, look. Oh, yes. It's time. It is time. So let us go and listen to the Kyrie. I think that's something that we should do. And then on the other side of this, we'll have more conversation about uh, Maurice Dorfle and his Requiem.
Welcome back to Notes from Above, the program that explores the intersection of music and faith, and I am your co-host, Deacon Tom Lowy. And I'm Sister Sarah Burdick, and this is a beautiful show that you've put together, Deacon Tom, and I'm just wondering, why Duraflay Requiem today? Today. Well, there's a number of different reasons. One of the reasons, of course, is that, that I just love it, and I just think it's a beautiful work. But this uh, will be, you can come and see and experience and worship uh, the Durafle Requiem, uh, when there is a traditional, extraordinary form of the Requiem Mass at St. Thomas the Apostle, you can come to this. It's going to Mass. The, there's no, no charge. Come. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, right. It's a Mass. Please come. Please come. It's a traditional, extraordinary form of the Requiem Mass uh, that will have the Durafle uh, Requiem being uh, performed uh, within it on November the 2nd, November the 2nd at, uh, at 7 p.m. at St. Thomas the Apostle Church, uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Now I'm going to give you, if you, if you want to go and get more information, okay, you can go to sta2.org. Okay. sta2, the numeral 2.org, and you can get information about this, uh, this wonderful mass and, uh, the, uh, uh, and with the, the, we'll have the Duraflé Requiem, and uh, of course November the second is uh, uh, the uh, traditional date for uh, the All Souls uh, Mass. So it's perfectly, perfectly uh, proper uh, for us to have a Mass. Do you have day. time to tell a little story? Do I have? Do I have time? You have time to tell a story because you know All Souls Day. <clears throat> yes, as you were saying, is coming up, and this is where. You know, this is the day that immediately follows All Saints Day, mm-hmm. and All Souls Day is when the church traditionally prays for all souls, mm-hmm. especially those probably who are in purgatory, don't you think, maybe? Yes. Okay, so here's the story. Okay. Um, my mother, God bless her, and God rest her soul, I was with her when she was in hospice, and um, and it was All Saints Day. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, but wait, it gets better. And I could tell that she was getting close to going home, Mm -hmm. okay, on All Saints Day. And um, so it's getting, you know, closer and closer to midnight. And I whispered in her ear and I said, Mom, I think you're going to go on All Saints Day. And she, she opened her eyes and she looked at me and she goes, Nah, I'm too much of a pagan. That's what she said. Honestly. My mother mm-hmm. passed away on All Souls Day at approximately 12.25 a.m. Wow. I'm like, good. Nice timing, Mom. Nice timing. The whole indeed. church is praying for you. Yeah. God bless her soul. God rest her soul. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, this this requiem, is, I think, is, is uh, perhaps one of the most beautiful of the requiems. That, I mean, there's so many of them. There's hundreds of requiems. And I think we've, we've uh, I know we've done the foray here, uh, but we've also done uh, some of the early works, uh, you know, uh, the uh, some, some of the early uh, uh, Spanish mystics have written wonderful, wonderful uh, 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 requiems. But uh, this one here is, I think, is very touching. I mean, if mm-hmm. you were listening to that, that, uh, Sanctus, uh, when they go to the, uh, uh, Gloria and Excelsis, okay, uh, uh, the, that's, that's when we get this, this, it becomes like huge, okay, Hosanna, uh, uh rather, yes, right, that, that Hosanna, uh, in Excelsis, they, it's, it's, it's a crescendo moment. And then, it goes and drops into the most peaceful, mm-hmm. 
uh, amen that you've ever heard. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And, and we hear that, that organ warbling around in the back, you know. It's, it's so sweet, so beautiful. And uh, I, it may be one of my favorite parts of this, this tremendous requiem. And, again, I do encourage you, to, if you get a chance to go out on, on the evening of November the 2nd at 7 p.m. over at St. Thomas the Apostle Church. It's located, by the way, on at 530 Elizabeth Street in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay, you put that in your your, uh, your GPS. Okay, five three zero Elizabeth Street, Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, and it'll take you right there. And you can uh, uh, you can actually take part in the mass. It's a Latin mass, and uh, they will um, uh, have within it uh, not only the Durfle uh, Requiem, but also uh, many of the uh, the uh, the works that uh, are normal to. Uh, uh, a Latin Mass. So, in other words, they will they'll have the Gregorian propers for that liturgy, uh, which will be sung as well. The choir, by the way, is excellent uh, hmm. in, uh, at every level. At Are every you level. in the choir? You used I, you know, to be. I used to be in the choir. Yes, it, but it's it's just superb. I mean, it really is. I can't even begin to tell you how how wonderful it is to have good music oh, yeah. in a in a big and beautiful church. And it is a big and beautiful oh, church. It's beautiful. And and uh, so it's it's a perfect <clears throat> place to go uh, if you've never been to a Latin Mass. This would be the one to go to because the music will be stunning, absolutely stunning, and the uh, uh, the mass itself is, is is beautiful too. I mean, it's just it, it's it's very uh, inviting and entrancing and very spiritually. Uh, 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 uplifting, uh, mm-hmm. and so uh, it, it's a good introduction to the Latin Mass, which, by the way, we have at St. Thomas every every single Sunday. We have a Latin Mass, uh, and that's at the 11:30 Mass at uh, at St. Thomas the Apostle in Ann Arbor. But I do encourage you to come on, and that's why I wanted to go and and, uh, and have this as our our, our uh, sort of the, the center of our discussion here at uh, uh, on Notes from Above because it is it's beautiful music and and. Uh, and and you get and you do get a chance to see it. Now now the performance that you've been hearing today uh, is the Durfle Requiem, which was recorded on Hyperion Records, which is by the way is a great label, wonderful label. It features the Corridon Singers and uh, the English Chamber Orchestra, with Matthew Best uh, is the uh, is the conductor. Um, there's also a number of really fine soloists in this, and I, I think we have only one one. Uh, um, rendition here where we're going to actually hear a soloist sing but uh, the the entire work is 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 very large in its in its extent and uh uh and does feature some of the finest singers uh uh of of its time this thing was uh, was recorded in uh, 1986 i believe uh, which is the year that Maurice Durafle died and uh it is uh, to me it's, it's the signature uh version of it that's the one of the finest ones i've ever heard it really is and there are a number of good ones out there yeah. Yeah. I mean, what more could be said to that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. And everybody, of course, you know, we we always talk about the the, the beauty of the mass itself, and and of course, uh, uh, the sanctus, which we just heard, is very important. Okay, because what is how's it open? Okay, the the three times holy, 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 holy. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord God of hosts, Lord Sabaoth. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and then the heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And where do we first hear that? Where do we hear, uh, you know, uh, where do we hear the Sanctus the first time? What do you mean? Isn't it, isn't it the angels at Bethlehem? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's where I thought you were going. That's what I was going to say. That's yeah. the very first. Absolutely. That's exactly Glory what's going to on. to God in the highest. Right. Well, let's talk about the meaning of Hosanna. 
I don't know this. Tell me. I don't know either. No, I'm just kidding. I remember um, a number of years ago, Father Ed Friedy was talking about the meaning of Hosanna. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm not a... I'm not... You're not a theologian. I'm not into Hebrew. Okay. Uh, I tried for a while, but it takes a lot of time to study it. But um, he was talking about Hosanna is like, save us, please. Oh. But it's but it's very emphatic by the the um the structure of that word, you okay. know, like the hosanna. It, that's what I remember him saying. It's like save us, please, which wow. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, and that's interesting. And where where is it placed in the mass? It's just before the consecration, isn't right. it? Right. Yep. And that's and that of course that's what we do. We say, oh Lord, save us. You save know, us. And, and and how does he respond? Okay, by becoming. Present for us, yeah. completely, fully, totally, one hundred percent, you know, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Okay, that's what's going to happen immediately after that hosanna is sung. And this is so beyond our intellect, right? Yeah, we need we need that faith to come to know, to come into that deeper relationship yeah. with the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, let's let, let's go to our next selection. Uh, this is um, a beautiful performance here of. Uh, by uh, and we're going to hear uh, Anne Murray, okay, who is our, our soprano, singing uh, the P.A. Yezu, okay, and it'll also include the chord and singers and the English Chamber Orchestra, and and uh, and it'll also feature. And listen carefully to this. We're going to listen to Charles Tunnell, uh, who is on cello uh, for this P.A. Yezu, and what the P.A. Yezu is, okay, it's it's. Uh, uh, it's specific to the requiem, all right, and it's basically only two lines, but he develops it quite mm. a ways. Uh, and what is said is, "Blessed Jesus, O Lord, grant them rest." Blessed Jesus, O Lord, grant them eternal rest. Let's listen to the P.A. Yezu, and on the other side, we'll talk <coughs> about the Durafle requiem on notes from above.
That's so lovely. That's that's the P.A. Yezu from Maurice Durfle's Requiem. Um, a beautiful performance uh, by uh, Anne Murray and uh, Charles Tanell on the cello, but uh, the, uh, the the the, the mezzo soprano. Anne Marie, just just gorgeous. Um, by the way, uh, if you do uh, get the opportunity to come to the the Requiem uh, at uh, St. Thomas the Apostle on November the second, seven p.m., uh, that's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, they we also have uh, some really great vocalists there as well. The choir is, is terrific, but uh, the uh, the soprano uh, for uh, our choir is Antonia Yost. Uh, if you haven't heard her sing, you should. And uh, the baritone is uh, Frank Doherty and. Uh, Man, that that guy is just wonderful, wonderful. So uh, you'll hear some great uh, performers as well. Uh, I, I'd like to go and uh, just talk a little bit about this PAA, so how beautiful it is. At the very end, um, you'll hear um, the the soloist and the cellist uh, playing together, and the, the the soloist continues to say "requiem, requiem." requiem. And what does that mean? It means rest. Rest. Let us rest. I love it. Okay, eternal rest. The final word, though, and it's almost in, you almost can't hear it when you're listening Ooh. to it. Okay, is sempiternam. Sempiternam. It means... Eternal rest. Eternal. Eternally. So mm. what what uh, Durfle has done is he's taken the requiem, okay, uh, the, the rest, 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 and then the final word is eternally. And it just, just disappears into the mm-hmm. music. It is like absolutely brilliant work. Uh, and I think it probably is the center of the, uh, of the entire composition. And we have to remember that this is a mass. This is not... Right. It isn't a, it's just, not a performance. That's right. right? And, we, and we shouldn't think of it as being a performance. But within that context, um, uh, you know, Maurice Durfle becomes a great mystic, mm-hmm. in a sense. He, he becomes... Uh, uh, he, he, he uses the language of music to uh, uh, help us to understand something very profound, mm-hmm. which is death itself okay and what does this mean and how do we place this in our lives because we're alive well you know if you're listening right now you're alive uh and uh, uh but that is that is when uh when the old ticker stops you know when when everything is death is a change of address it is a change of address but we, that's what father michael we, used to say can we understand that no oh, okay well, well <laughs> no. <laughs> no, let's go on. Oh, can I tell another story? Yeah, sure, please. Okay, here we go. All right, try to keep this straight. Maybe I'll have to assign names. Because, okay, okay. Yeah, you do that. I just read this. It was in the Reader's Digest, I admit. Okay, so there was this man. This is a true story. Okay. Uh, oh, it's in Reader's Digest. It has to be true. Of course it is. <laughs> this is true. This, okay. is a, this is a great story. Okay, so this man... Um, fought in World War II, part of the greatest generation, right? He's in his 90s, and, and now he is, he's in hospice. Um, and, you know, really dealt with, of course, a lot of depression and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, um, he was talking to one of the, um, nursing assistants, and he was talking about how, what he experienced, his job, he was kind of like a medic. And I won't go into the detail of sure. everything that he saw, but it was traumatic, it was really hard, very difficult. And this one night, something really, really bad happened, and someone who was severely wounded. And anyway, he it just broke him. Yeah. So he was literally like sobbing on this cot. In yeah. The, in, yeah. Okay. And what he said was, he looked up and it was like he saw a vision of a soldier dressed in World War One, a World War One uniform. He okay. recognized the helmet, etc. 
And the man didn't say anything to him, but just was sitting there at the end of the cot. And he said, this 90-year-old man, why don't I call him Max? I'll just call him Max. We'll call him Max. Max Max just said he just experienced all this peace. Um, And then... Um, you know, then that kind of went away for a while. Then he kind of went back into this depression, but now he's back into this good mood. And so the, the nurse is like, so what's going on? And he goes, well, first of all, I need to tell you that when my mother passed away, I was cleaning out some of her stuff and I found a picture of this soldier. And on the back it said, uncle so-and-so killed in World War One." And he goes, that's the guy. That's the guy that was sitting on the end of my cot. My okay. goodness. Okay, it gets better. Oh, really? And then, and then the nurse said to him, <clears throat> so you seem to be kind of out of your depression and kind of happy again. What's going on? And, and he said, he's back. She goes, what do you mean he's back? He's back. And this time he spoke to me. Get ready for chill time. Okay, I'm ready. He spoke to me and she said, well, what did he say? She said, he said to me, I'm going to help you over that next hill when it's time to go. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. That's a true story, Deacon Tom. That's cool. That yeah, so, cool. Yeah. I believe in this stuff, man. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, you know, I, I told my students this, and they're like, was he a ghost? And I said, no, not, not a ghost, but I think it was like a vision that the Lord allowed him right. to have to give him hope. Yeah. Have you ever read the um, the poem uh, Dream of Gerontius? By any think, chance, it's a. Is that uh, the one you wanted to do a show on? Yeah, so I think we, sh- we but should. But it would actually. take like six days to I, do that's it. That's the problem with it. It's a, it's okay. a massive work uh, yeah. of, uh, of music, but it's a. Uh, but the poem itself uh, is is quite quite. Uh, it's quite deep. I guess the best way to say it. It is a poem. As poems are, it can be become very deep. But it, it talks about a man. Who, in the very final moments of his life, it's it's actually written from that point of view, Ooh. from that very moment, okay, and how uh, how he he realizes that his his life has has disappeared, and suddenly he's not not the, in the world that he was before, and then he encounters angels who take him on a journey. Ooh. Oh yeah, it's a great poem. I mean, it really is, and they take even him. if you you're not quite into poetry, would it be good to read it? I th- well, I think it might be a way of getting into poetry. Okay, I think it might be a one way for you to find out a little bit more. It's the about gateway it. poem. It's a gateway poem. <laughs> uh, but but uh, uh, you know, he, the the soul then because he that's what happens is that he becomes fully uh, the the soul that he is. Okay, encounters not only you know this this guiding angel. But he also encounters, you know, malevolent spirits and those types of things that that try to accuse him and bring him down and so on. Oh. So it's a journey. It's a journey. So this is a musical composition. And well, yeah, right. It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, uh, Edward Elgar set it to oh, music. I like that guy. Yes, I do too. And and it's beautiful oh. music. And uh, uh, but it's uh, uh, the poem is. Uh, you know, it's yeah. terrific. Oh, Listen, we're going to go and bring it in. We'll gonna, have you gonna, back. Yes, we should. Um, let's go and, and take this uh, this uh, show to a close. We're going to go and play the final work uh, in this tremendous requiem by Duraflay. This is in Paradisium. May the angels receive thee in paradise. Let's listen to it. Mm-hmm. 